Hey everybody, welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. So guys and girls, welcome back to the show. As always, this episode is sponsored by www.reviveyourself.co, my website where you can find so many articles about health and healing, as well as other links to different podcast episodes. The Chronic Fatigue Solution, the book I wrote a few years back, which gives you the three big secrets to health, and my newly released online course, the Total Health Revival Course which, if I don't say so myself, is unlike anything else on the market. Whereas other courses in health just concentrate on one aspect of healing, this course gives you everything you need to know to create a healthy body and mind because it looks at you holistically. We don't just go into nutrition, we go into the mental, the emotional, the biological, the spiritual and the environmental as well. We give you eight easy-to-follow step-by-step modules that cover everything you need to know to overcome a chronic health issue or advanced disease or reach your optimal health. And we also go into self-sabotage and breaking down any other mental or emotional barriers that are holding you back. It really is something that I'm so proud of bringing out because I know it's going to change people's lives for the better. And not only is it going to get people healthy, it's going to keep them healthy because everything we're teaching you in this course are things that that will stand the test of time and you can use for yourself, your friends, your family for years and years to come. So you can find that at www.reviveyourself.co and clicking on the course option. And also you have the option of working with me one-to-one with our coaching where not only are we going to get you healthy, but we're going to start building out your dream life and getting you to reach the full potential that you are here to create. Because remember, we're not just here to survive, we're here to thrive. So fresh off a workout mm-hmm. in uh, your friend's gym, what's it called? Yeah, Link's gym in Brandon. Yeah. We head over there and did a, a little bit of a high rock simulation. Yeah, so for those who, people that are listening um, that don't know, but first of all, welcome to the show, Jay's Cadet, a f- friend, past client. And um, excited to be here. Yeah, professional, professional athlete. Yeah. Um, so for people that don't know, uh, Jade has been in. We've well, done quite a few different things leading up to this, right? Um, so before High Rocks, what were you? What were you doing? So before High Rocks, I had a spell in obstacle course racing. So that was it. Yeah. So Spartan racing. Yeah. Something always had to fill the void of stopping football, mm-hmm. essentially. So football was like my first love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously stopped playing when I was 21 and was seeking something in that competitive environment. Yeah. So Spartan racing then led me to, to High Rocks, which is obviously where I am now. But yeah. done done pretty good, been at a good high level through all of those sports. So. Yeah, it happens quite a lot. People that come out of their sport, you know, they still want that competitive edge. They still want to find something that can keep them motivated rather than just, you know, just going to the gym they like to have a goal. So sure. yeah, those things like Spartan races, uh, CrossFit's another one, yep. and then High Rocks, which is relatively new, right? High Rocks has only really been around about 18 months in the UK right. before that it hit, hit Europe. But the, the guy, the founder um, who, who has founded High Rocks, essentially, um, he was trying to look for a space where it's not as elitist as CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of moving parts to CrossFit. Um, not marathon running essentially, but he was trying to find like a middle ground where people who just generally do functional fitness in the gym have something to direct that towards. Yeah. And he smashed it. I mean, there's 4,500 people now competing in one event. So yeah. it's, it's pretty big guys. And um, you said it's not where like CrossFit 
is uh, you don't know what's what's going to happen in like they open every year and they do their their was it t- not test but they do their what's, what do they have to qualify for you've like? got like regionals regionals and then you've got but the, their workouts come out and they can be all different things right whereas high rocks and 24 hours before sometimes right and so there's you don't really know I suppose that's like idea right to keep people guessing so they don't know whereas high rocks you can actually train for it because it's uh, it doesn't change what, what it is so it's so we did like a little mini uh, workout today but in general high rocks is it's like a thousand meter run so it's 8k of running yeah. essentially and in between every kilometer you've it's broken up with a component right. so it's you know you've got rowing in there you've got ski erg in there which is what we did today yeah, yeah. you've got sled pushing in there sled pulling um so it's kind of hitting lots of different stimulus mm-hmm. um which makes it very trainable on one side, like you said, because the, the event doesn't change. So you've constantly got data to yeah. move from. Um, but equally, the flip side of that it is it is quite hard to train because there's not a lot of people with expertise in that field just yet of how yeah. to change stimulus and how to train for it. So, yeah, it's a it's a challenging one, but it's, um, you know, the times are getting faster and faster every race. So. Yeah. And so you've been you've been a few places and done a few different races. And obviously you've been, because of your background in obstacle course racing, sort of like, it's quite a good transition right to it so you already had quite a few people following you from that yeah so moving into high rocks and yep. um you've got quite a big following on instagram what what is it your... we've got just over twenty thousand. so yeah you know that's really escalated obviously since the high rocks yeah. side of things um just because of the content i i put out is bringing together yeah, your content's really good it's really like all of the experience i guess mm-hmm. from an athlete side of things but also the experience from a coaching side of things as well and piecing it all together to to have a real niche of content and mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of people kind of relate a lot to you know what I'm speaking about yeah yeah 100% and so so from that what but just for people out there your handle on Instagram so it's Jade Skill and High Rocks Coach right so the people out there that, for example if you're looking to get into something and you don't really know yeah you're not really sure about what to go into it's, it's like something you can put yourself um you can, you can jump into it and it's it's fun it's something that has you can have goals you can have aims and you said it's not as elitist so people so that they have competitions all around yeah so that it's very worldwide so right, it's right. like it's literally they've touched down on the map in like europe and now it's just going like that it's spreading so do they do they have so every certain amount of months they have a competition or is it like just different pretty areas much it, nearly yeah? every week now from pretty much right. i would say october right through to april there's an event somewhere so like frankfurt you, new york you Chicago. can't do them all though because you'd be burnt to no 100 percent. so really the goal is to you know i think i think the nice thing like you were saying about it can be for anybody and, mm-hmm. and their tagline their actual tagline is high rocks the fitness race for everybody right. so you know there's you could take part you could just sign up and take part as a new right. a new focus you know if, yeah. you, if you're losing motivation or whatever um or you can go right through to like pro division which yeah. is obviously where you're competing for time and against some of the best athletes out there mm-hmm. so um you know i think the biggest thing is to select your events it obviously allows you to travel if that's something you want yeah. to do as well um I tend to pr- try and aim for about four, four or five events per season, yeah. so October to April, and then obviously try and qualify in those races for the World Championships. Yeah. And you, you've done it in New York this year? I've done four in the space of 10 weeks, yeah. which has pushed it a little bit, I will yeah, that, be honest. That is quite a lot, yeah, four in um, 10 weeks. Not enough time to recover between events, but yeah, um, but, yeah but I started the season with New York, um, and then I did, so I've done three singles events, mm-hmm. and then I actually did a doubles event as well. Right, yeah. which was, yeah, doubles event is two people, you go... That's what you're going to do yeah. with me. Right, yeah, <laughs> apparently. It was actually, we did a mini one today, it was good fun. We did. So we did like, it was a ski erg, and we did um, sled push, sled pull... 
um, frog jumps. Yeah, so broad jump burpees. Broad jump burpees. Which is like combining yeah. a frog jump with a burpee. Um, thrusters and lunges. lunges, which were horrific, yeah. But it was quite good. It was like we did it in 26 minutes. Um, yeah, you get a good workout in. And it is like, yeah, rather than, it's not monotonous, which is a good thing. You're always thinking and it's changing. When you do it with someone else as well, you know, you're, you're working off them. So that's fun. It's like, it's sure. why I love team sports as well, because it's competitive, competitive, but you've got that companion sort of yeah. component. So you're doing it with someone, which is always, you know, They fun. do actually have a team relay as well. Oh, really? So you can do it as a team of four. So right. basically you take a section. So you do a run and a component. Right. And then you'll do two of them. And they can be spread out anywhere you like. And then and your team of three. Yeah. And then you no, so you do two runs right. and two components. Right, and right. then you almost like relay tag in and then the next person goes. So right, that's good. yeah, so it's, it's a, you know, it's not just a case of, you know, cause it, especially when you're when you do get to compete in high rocks at quite a high level i think mm. because the sport has grown so quickly it's almost like this pressure when you're competing at quite a high standard in it to to build with the sport mm -hmm. so you know there's this kind of like rush for gotta be perfect gotta hit pbs every race gotta be at world championships you know and it is putting a lot of unnecessary pressure i think on a lot of people that are coming in with not a lot of experience in it um, you know, they're like, oh my God, you know, I didn't do well because I didn't get the same time as that person. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it is, there's the fun, like you were saying, there's the fun element to it as well. The doubles mm -hmm. races are brilliant. You know, you can strategize together and, you know, you can support each other because when you do do it on your own, you, you can go to some quite dark places. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and it is grind and it is just putting yourself in that kind of suffering place for a sustainable amount of time, mm -hmm. which sounds really like sadistic, mm -hmm. but you know, it is you know, you get to sort of 40 minutes and you're at threshold and it's like, I've still got another 25 minutes to go of staying here. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't drop and then recover. It's, you know, I've got to stay here. That's one of the things I think for me, like I, any sport I play is what you always have that. For example, in football, first half, it goes off like, like the races, it goes off to the races and quite often in the first 20 minutes, I feel like, oh, I don't know if I've got this in the tank. You know, everyone, it goes so quick. And then after... 45 minutes an hour like the fit the fittest people are still there um and i think whenever i've played in a sport where it does challenge me like that i it like it's maybe sadistic but it's it's something that i always like feel good about afterwards so like i've gone through that challenge because i think it's you get those things in life right and it's easy just to duck out or but it's that staying power um through it so it's challenging mentally physically and i think when you come out the end the other side of that it's a yeah, it's something to be, you almost feel proud of yourself, like, well done, right, we've got through that. And, and um, it allows people to, to see that they can push through blockages and goals. But one of the things I want to talk about there, you said how people, when they don't get their times, or they can get their identity almost stapled to like, oh, I didn't get my time, so that means I'm not as good as whatever. How have, like, as a coach, like, how have you dealt with that when it comes to having maybe your identity stuck to, being a coach like someone that people are looking up to people are coming when they see you at these events i'm sure you get like like mobbed you know because yeah. you're obviously like um someone who you, you train a lot of the you put programs out for people you train a lot of them yeah yeah we've got a really great program we've got two programs we've got like a high rocks perform program which mm -hmm. is obviously helping people come into the sport and yeah. learn a bit more about how to train for it and then we have like our sort of like top level program which is the compete program and mm. that that is about diving into the mindset of, you know, your identity and, um, you know, mindset and how, how you approach competition, mm -hmm. you know, how you lead up in race day, how do you not create overwhelm unnecessarily um, and put yourself under so much pressure? 
because let's be realistic, the majority of people that are racing in high rocks are, you know, no matter what level they're racing at at the moment, they still have careers, businesses, families, mm -hmm. jobs, you know, yeah. and when they're stretching themselves so thinly in all of those angles, you know, there's that constant cycle of burnout, which we'll probably go into a little bit like later on, but yeah. you know, there's that constant spin of hitting burnout at different stages. But yeah, like in my own experience, not just as a coach, but as an athlete, you know, I found it very difficult when I stopped playing football because I would get stopped in our local town and be like, oh, Jade, well done. You know, you scored a hat-trick at the weekend and how's your football going? And then when that stops, it's like, God, like, who am I? Mm. Like, who, am, who actually am I? You know, and I think for a long time, I then suppressed that. I threw myself into building a business. Then the business became my identity. And for a long period of time, probably until quite recent, it's actually been a situation where I'm now doing the work internally to go, actually, who am I? I've been all these people, but like, who am I right mm -hmm. now? So it's you're powerful. I think a lot of athletes and, and just people in general life that have businesses. And, you know, I think people will relate to that a lot. Yeah. Well, that, that's the work because you hear about it all the time. Like Jim Carrey came out and said, I, I hope everyone could get, you know, rich and famous. They realise that's not the answer. And it's like when you get to that level of, you know, if, you, if you're seen as a high rocks athlete, you know, champion, what happens when that stops? So if yeah. you're seen as a high rocks coach, what happens when that stops? So, uh, and even putting that pre that pressure to like perform or to see to seem perfect as a coach, you know, it's one of the. I put a post out the other day actually, but me just being saying stupid because um, I said as a side probably it's weird because all my friends know me as that. I'm a bit a wally, a bit silly, <laughs> but because everything I talk about on camera is so you know serious because it's about health, etc. And maybe I've sort of that hasn't come out, and that's one of the reasons why. Down the road, I want to get all these like different, just little clips of us doing silly things so people can see that side. Because um, I think it's important people to see like I'm not always perfect, you know, because I'm not. We're just human beings. We do the best that we can, and a lot of times we're scratching our own itch when it comes to you know the things that we learn about ourselves. We can then put it into practice and, and then help others to do that stuff as well. So, like for yourself. You know, them not them seeing like your people you're coaching seeing that you're not perfect that you go through these things as well yeah. and I think that'd be huge for them because they understand that oh well you know Jade's got makes it look so easy yeah but I'm sure you go through challenges of it yourself I think that's one of the biggest things as well is even when I had like a a boot camp business you know it was always oh you must never eat chocolate you must never do this you must always be training or how can you demonstrate that and it looks so easy okay but that's been 11 12 years of practicing that exercise mm. right you're coming in slightly overweight like you want to you know get healthy and you want to exercise like it's never going to look perfect straight away and that's kind of like it never looks perfect anyway not even straight exactly. away yeah so like, what, what is perfect it's like people will say oh well so you you do this, you do that. Yeah, of course I do. I don't, I'm, I'm human. I'm here to enjoy my human experience. It's yeah. just, I don't do it all the time. And it's like, when I do it, it's, it's like, for me, it's like, well, I'm going to do it when I'm with friends that I really enjoy. For example, having a beer, I talk about it a lot. After football with my friends, sometimes I have a beer because, you know, it breaks down barriers. It's, it's fun. I don't have it, do it, it all the time. It lets you relax. Yeah, it lets me relax. And it's, once again, I'm here on earth to enjoy my human experience. And it's one of the things that was talking about with my mentor as well, was talking about like getting a, an ego yes or a soul yes. And like an, an, an ego yes is just like, it would say to do it, but you know you're going to get repercussions afterwards. With a soul yes, it's like, sometimes you'll ask your soul and they'll be like, yeah, it's fine. Go and do it, go enjoy yourself. Other times they'll be like, you know you're going to pay for this afterwards. Yeah. And that's the difference. You know as well. Yeah. That might be a little bit like esoteric for people, but when you can actually tap into your higher self and ask yeah. that question. And so 
you talk about what, what, what's perfect, it's like everyone's different, right? Because what looks perfect for someone is, is completely different for someone else. And um, depending on even where they are in life and what they're trying to achieve, you know, because for a lot of people, just getting them out and competing in something like High Rocks or any, any sort of um, sport, you know, it's going to be fantastic for them health-wise as long as they don't become neurotic about it. Exactly. And, and this is what is happening a lot of the time in, in such a new sport as well is, you know, there is kind of becoming this addiction, like if, you know, it's not a perfect performance. Well, what is a perfect performance? I don't think I've ever had a perfect performance in any single sporting event I've done, mm. you know, and we make mistakes and we learn from them. And I think it very much reflects on life, which is probably one of the reasons that a lot of people do get into training and exercising and then eventually have the confidence to reach that next level where they go and turn up to an event like that. Mm -hmm. Because initially that, you know, they, they know that that's in alignment with life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you know, if I've pulled the sled too quickly, okay, compose myself, how do I now come back from this? Right. And that happens in life on a, yeah. on a regular basis. Like, you know, and I think one of the biggest things as well is back to the question you were asking me about, you know, being on this like pedestal yeah. and, and people looking up to you as a coach and an athlete, whatever that may look like for people. And I spent a lot of my time making decisions and doing things from a very external gratification place. So mm. I would do things to, you know, gain it's external gratification. Yeah. It was nothing to do with what I, my soul wanted mm. or what, what I needed at that time. Yeah. It was more, how am I going to gain more, you know, more respect or how, you know, and I've realized that, you know, people can put you on a pedestal, but they can equally take you off just as fast, you know? So for me, it was about, okay, I need to now live my life through my truest self and that will reflect out so much more powerful. And mm. it shows like there's 10,000 more followers on my Instagram. Yeah. People are more engaged with what I'm talking about. And I think this is what's opened me up now to, okay, I'm ready for this next stage in my life, which is actually obviously a lot of diving deep into Doing the work, work which we're gonna, we're gonna get into because here's, here's the thing as well it's like yeah there's 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 so many different avenues with that but yeah when it comes to even people talking about talked about the perfect performance there's so many people going through different things and different stresses it's why like i always say to people yeah there's certain principles and practices that you know i am dogmatic about because for example organic food if you can get that phenomenal you know, perfect making sure you get the right sleep, these things, you know. But there's no conclusion for health. Everyone's different. So what works for someone might not work for someone else because everyone's under different stresses. No one's going through the same things romantically, financially, in, the, in their workplace. You know, it could be anything, right? Family, uh, could have family stresses. And so what they're going through, you know, it's, it, imp it impacts your body, impacts your performance, impacts everything. So... You know, it's like perfect performance. It's no, it's like working out what works for you, and the diving and doing the work on yourself is so important because it allows you to actually see, you know, what is as you said before, doing things for followers or doing things, you know, keeping up that appearance of being perfect for them. It just at the end of the day, it starts to detract from you, and you you don't even enjoy what you're doing. You're just doing it to keep that appearance up. But when you actually start to come from, oh, actually, this is I've had it before in my business. I'm doing certain things and. Or oh, Ryan, you you like you you deal with people with chronic issues and, and serious health health issues, and and I do, but it got to the point where I was helping so many people that it was draining me, and I was like, I need to change this because yeah. it's not doing me any favors, it's not going to be doing them any favors, yeah. and you know, even my ego was going, yeah, but you can help these people. It's like, yeah, but you're not going to 
help yourself grow, even though you're ready to the next stage, and also you're not going to be able to help them if you're burnt out. So you need to change things. And so yeah. I think you've been, been through a similar thing. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes it can take a little while to even listen. Yeah. Because you're like, because of what we went through the last two years as well, for myself, I was trying to wake a lot of people up to things that were going on. <laughs> um, it was almost like, right, I took this burden on. And for a while, before I, even, before I could change, and I was like, before I changed, I think it was like probably a year, maybe even 18 months, that I knew I needed to change before, but I kept on going because I was like, right, I must felt this burden of performance. Yeah. So that can happen to people. But when you do actually finally like, go for it, right, I had to change this, like, and I need to because it's doing no one any favours. So a weight comes off your shoulders, and, and you can actually put energy into where it needs to be. And so when you said, like, you've changed things and you're... You, you know, you said you ten thousand more followers. What what changed? What what was the, like the final straw that brought the cameras back for you to change? In terms of me yeah. or how I run things? Yeah, both actually. In terms of, um, like... I think for me, I could see where my body was going, mm -hmm. and I knew that I'd been there before. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of like, I'm not going to ignore those signs this yeah. time. So it was almost like, okay, I've been burnt once mm -hmm. through this situation, and I can see the same pattern appearing. Mm -hmm. Is this going to happen again in 10 years' time? Am I going to repeat this cycle in another decade to the point where I get to 45 years old and I, I'm completely yeah. done in, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, it was now starting to kind of identify, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Okay, I felt like this at 21. This is how I'm starting to act. This is how I started to act when I was 21. So I was reading those kind of signs. And that was then for me like, okay, I'm not going to make the same mistake now that I did when I had serious, serious burnout, which was obviously when I was 21. So... For me, that was like, okay, something needs to change. And I know that it's not my business. It's not my home life. It's not my, it's, it's me. Like it's, it's how I am responding in those situations. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was then about me going, okay, well, why is this happening? Right. It's that then creating a web rather than just distraction, which has constantly been my, my, um, I guess the word, like the word I'm looking for is probably like my, my dealing, my coping mechanism mm -hmm. has been distraction. Like mm -hmm. sport has been a distraction. I'll go train to take my mind off it, right? Um, but, or I'll throw myself into trying to make another sale or like sign up another client or do a piece of content. Like, because I'm not, I'm uncomfortable right now in how I'm feeling. So I'm now going to go distract that. But when you distract that for too long and you suppress that for too long, then that just comes up stronger and stronger every single time, right? So... For me, it was like, and it's really recent, like, you know, it's really recent that I've actually gone into this journey and opened my mind to, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to become the best version of me for everybody that I'm serving, essentially, or helping, then I can't continue to do this in the way I am. Mm -hmm. And my athletic performance as well, you know, I want to, I want to have longevity in what I'm doing, um, but I don't want it to be driven from a place of pain. I want it to be driven from a place of enjoyment and this is an external this is an external achievement of me, not I'm doing this because mm -hmm. of X, Y, Z, you know? So that's the biggest thing is I don't want to act out of a place of fear and pain anymore. Yeah. And that's where everything's come from for a lot of my life. Well, how, how many people that comes from, you know, in terms of like trying to project success to the outside world or a particular image where it's actually killing them inside, you know, because they can't continue to try and project that. And so I think it's a real, you know, talking, you can talk about it. I think it's a real... Uh, deep conversation to have and for people to understand even on a basic level as well but people for example we can talk I want you to yeah. talk about more about what, what you're doing but 
it, for someone like for someone who's been in the athletic world, someone who trains a lot, myself, I know you, uh, it it we get um, it attracts a lot of fire types. So you know, fire, earth, etc. Types of people, and fire types of people that people that don't know, they're people that um, it's easy for us to do a lot, keep on, keep on doing, keep on doing. Um, and we go through pain. It's easy just to, to distract ourselves with doing more, doing more, rather than, you know, taking a step back, relaxing. For example, even going for a run. Rather, so the yin and the yang. So you've got yang, masculine energy, yin, feminine energy. So, you know, for us um, to try and balance out the yang, which is like working out, doing work, shooting content, whatever it may be, with, you know, going for a relaxing walk, maybe having a massage, you know. Um, yeah, uh, taking a relaxing bath, whatever it may be, uh, and it, lots of people they'll get they'll ignore stuff. Um, for example, they can't sleep properly. They get in issues for women. For example, they push themselves too hard, stop having periods. They get things like endometriosis. We call it rushing, rushing women's syndrome as well, where they live in too much like a man in a female's um, body. You know, men will like pick up trucks, fuck us to pieces. We will break down eventually, but it takes a long time. Whereas females are not built that way. Um, you know, they're meant to have enough life force, energy and nutrition to create life. Whereas most of them are you know, running around trying to be everything to everyone. And it's leading to them having these issues. They need to slow down. But we live in a world where it's very, very yang dominant. Do more, be more, you know, work harder. Well, it's like women's empowerment as well, yeah. right? And, you know, we, we've even had these deep yeah, yeah. conversations before. And I was, and probably still am because I'm doing work on it, yeah. very much in my yang and this is half of the driving force behind the work I'm doing because I want to know where that come from. Mm -hmm. I want to know what has triggered that from mm -hmm. a young age, going back to inner child, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, that was a point where I was like, if I continue to push my body to the places that it goes, then, you know, what is that going to do for me in a, in a, in a, in a feminine energy level? Like, like you said, like the work I've been doing with Matt Gunn, you know, he was saying like, you have a womb, you have, the ability right now to create a life mm -hmm. and you're completely disconnected to that and if you continue to disconnect on a physical and a emotional level to what you actually are mm -hmm. as a, as nature has made you then you will continue to have these bouts of burnout because your body can't handle the amount of yang that you're trying to demand from it so and no female what, athletes yeah. it's just rife of course so, so no matter what the, the modern world tells you you know the work society just because we're in 2022 doesn't change that millions of years of biology you know, you're still a womb man and so you know you're set up differently and yeah you can push through it but i get it all the time my people i would be something we're going to talk about because it's easy for people just to burn out or keep on pushing themselves rather than doing the work rather than going in and why am i feeling like this why are my relationships like this you know, what have, what are my programs, what learnt programs am I trying to, like, other self-sabotaging behaviours, or what, why do I feel not enough? Why do I have to go and train and put this image out? Rather than doing that work, you know, it's easy just to go for a run, or just to push harder and push through. And that's the work that I think, even those, even people that try and perform at a top level, when you start to do that work, a lot of the issues, a lot of the, the burnout, people, for example, can, can have injuries for... It, there's that masculine side of their body or the right side of their body. People getting injuries on the right side. Why? Because they're masculine dominant. Um, or, you know, certain organs are play up because it's related to the stress that they're under. Kidneys, liver, anger, resentment, gut, grief, and all these things that don't get talked about. And so it's one of the, I think, 
might do um, have a little live for your for your lot, but mm. just talking about this because getting them to understand that the yin side is just as important as the yang, because it's the same as like having too much sun. What happens? You get drought, right? And or farmers called brownout. So you don't want to say around a farmer; they they hate that. <laughs> and if you get drought, drought or a burnout, nothing grows. Yeah. And it, it needs even longer to recover. Yeah. Um. And, so, and even people like new to high rocks, you know, starting at the point where build your body up rather than just float, throwing yourself in. Exactly. Because then you get injuries and uh-huh. oh, my back's not, well, it's yeah. because you, your body wasn't ready for this. Yet. And you're seeing it all the time. Mm. There's no foundations laid, like they're not seeding, like mm-hmm. they're, they're just expecting the plant to be there right mm. now, you know. And when they overstrive like that, you know, a month in, two months in, you know, you're seeing, like you said, like relapse of either, mm-hmm. you know, people falling ill before the event or they're you know, they're completely, after the event, they're completely done. Mm. Like, they're having to take a month off because their body's just got, 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 got. It hasn't, it hasn't gone through the stages of growth like everything has to, right? And I think, going back to what we were saying about women as well, I think women have this, this almost facade where, like, I need to be, you know, you see it in CrossFit boxes, like, women are trying to lift the same amount of barbell work as men, you know, and they're feeling frustrated when they can't. And then these men are feeling demasculinated when, when a woman's being able to lift that. And, you know, I think that there's almost like this complete confusion about actually what is my role in this life. And Mm. I think, like, I've had these awakening moments. Like, the first time you, when we worked together and the first time you were talking about this stuff to me, I was so defensive. I was like, no, like, I can do that. Like, what are you going on about? And I think it's not been until now I'm completely in tune with my body. You know, the amount of female athletes I speak to that have um, endometriosis or they have heavy periods, they, they can't train for a week because they're absolutely in agony. And I think, you know, your body's trying to do something and slow down at that time of the month and all you're doing is pushing through it. So right? here's like that. It's like your body having those issues doesn't mean your body's malfunctioning. Your body's working, telling you something's wrong. So I say to, it's like an analogy so everyone can like use it. If you had your favourite sports car, say you just went out and spent a million pounds on a sports car, right? Um, Ferrari, Bugatti, whatever it may be. And... You're driving down the road and all of a sudden the warning light come on. You're saying like, stop, like, you've got to stop, otherwise the engine's going to blow up. You know, what would you do? I mean, you'd probably pull over, be like, oh my God, like, this is bad. Get on the phone to like the mechanic, this has happened. Make sure they come and take the car properly, take it off, you know, take good care of it. Get the car fixed, you know, make sure it was all working before you even took it out on the road again. You know, you wouldn't just like, well, this is nonsense, just smash the light out and say, well, that light's (laughs) off now. Just carry on driving it until the car blew up. Yeah. You know, and your body's much more valuable than a car. And this is what people are doing. These warning light signs are coming on and they're ignoring them. And what starts off as endometriosis, you know, or ovarian cysts, I say to them, you can either listen to me now or listen to me in a year's time when you've got ovarian cancer. So it's like, and it's not trying to be sensationalist. This is what happens. Like things go, you get through four stages basically, which is like one, you get a little issue. Two, it turns into a chronic one. If you don't listen, then it turns into an advanced disease. If you don't listen, then you get put back in the ground because nature's saying, you're no good to it here. You're not here. You're not fulfilling your role as you are on earth. And you can still be a phenomenal athlete as long as you take care of the yin as much as the yang. So making sure you're getting the rest, making sure you're eating the correct foods, getting the correct sleep, you're doing the work, clearing your mind, doing the journey, and having good relations. Otherwise, you're just distracting. It's like another form of addiction. And you're rather than going out and taking drugs or um, drinking alcohol, whatever it may be, you're just numbing yourself with that. Put, you're putting yourself under 
any sort of stress or, or whatever it is, just to try and get out of your head, out of your feelings. And so this is why it's important to do that work and for people to even understand what's going on. And we're in a world where there's so much distraction, whether it be from, you know, social media. People are just scrolling. They're not even like, they're being used by it rather than using it. Um, I love so that. If you, yeah, so if you're like creating content, that's one thing, you're giving value to the world. But if you're just consuming, and all these algorithms are set up to take your attention, you're paying attention. So you're paying with your attention. There's a reason they're doing that for. And, and there's like, all, I mean, everything they put up to you gets you to a point where you're distracted, you're consuming, you're buying, and you're not actually understanding what's going on internally. Because when you actually start to understand yourself at a deeper level and what you're here for, what your journey is and why you've been brought to this world, you know, it's a sense of empowerment and you can actually understand things that are happening for you. Everything's happening for you, not to you. And what, I, what am I here to, for example, if you go through, like, run your female athletes, so if, even male athletes that are doing things wrong, you know, pushing themselves too hard. You go, they're going through things. Maybe they're eating the wrong foods and they're super inflamed. Yeah. And instead of being like, well, you know, what am I doing wrong? I eat this and I feel her- terrible. I, I can't really sleep. I, you know, my my legs get inflamed. My face is inflamed. You know, I don't. I can't think clearly. Instead of thinking, well, maybe I'll stop eating that. I'll go to a doctor. Yeah. And the doctor will just give them a pill. Uh-huh. Uh To mask the symptom, not get to the root cause of it. And it's like. Well, what, what are you learning here? Are you just trying to mask everything so you can continue to do things incorrectly? And then when they fall, when that turns into a, the, the chronic, well, the issue turns into a chronic one or disease, they're like surprised. Mm. Because we've almost been taught to ignore, ignore well, we have been taught to like ignore your body, you know, this is like what well, the medical industry and big pharma out there, you know, fundamentally you're broken and only pills, potions and surgery can fix you. It's like, no. That's why doctors don't put, take you off from medications, put you on more. Because it's a business, unfortunately. They don't celebrate when their drug sales go down, just when they go up. And so this is one of the things I'm super passionate about, you know, is helping people, one, heal, but then two, get to know themselves better. So they understand, oh, why am I doing that? Why am I going out and running that, those five miles I didn't need to? What, what happened? Was it that I feel insecure in some area? What happened in my life? You know, could I journal it? Could I sit with something for a little bit? Could I yeah. just be with it? Um, which I think practices that would be super valuable for, for you and your athletes you're talking yeah. talking to, um, and in coaching because then they then they're actually going to be working out when they're fully ready to do so when they feel good rather than just going out there and working even when they're burnt out and autopilot as well yeah, be, yeah. in some ways as well because you know like you were saying about habits and not being perfect okay. You know, I know how much sleep I, I personally need to be performing well. Okay, if my sleep levels drop, why are my training levels staying where they are? Mm. You see what I mean? They need to, everything needs to be balanced. Or your life. If, if your life stresses, say you've got something coming up and, you know, or say you had a, a funeral or say something, something happened in life, that like your work, you had to get out a presentation for work and you're super stressed, but you're still trying to, you know, it's like too much. Yeah. And you won't, this is the thing with a lot of athletes and they need to understand is you might not feel that instantly now, mm. but it's the, it's the knock on impact of doing that training session when you are depleted, you're mm. depleted of energy, you're depleted of life force, you're depleted of focus and mm. all of those different things, even maybe n- nourishment as well. So you might, you know, I, I hear it all the time with athletes. Oh, I just, you know, I had this going on or I had an argument with such and such or, and sometimes it works, right? But other times it's just a complete identification of this is a coping mechanism. I needed to get out for that run to clear my head. Okay. But did it really clear your head or did it just distract you away from what you're coming back to? Mm-hmm. 
And I think, again, that was where I was at. And I think a lot of athletes, just because they train, they think they're healthy. And it's, oh, yeah. that's the biggest thing I see. You yeah. know, I'm healthy because I'm an athlete. Okay, well, I was playing football at the highest level in America that I could have ever played at a D1 school. And I had a full 100% scholarship, right? So like I was 20 years old. I was drinking Bud Light, playing beer pong every night, getting up for 4am football practice. Like we were eating fried foods down south. They had no kind of focus around nutrition back then. Oh, yeah. And down in America, it's Still just... now though. <laughs> By the way, D1 school, people don't understand. Division 1 school, that's the, like, as high as it gets. So yeah. that's like... That's, um, yeah, I just, I've got a bit of obsession with all sport and also my <laughs> girlfriend's American, so it helps. <laughs> but what you're talking about there, one of the things before we forget, one, aura ring, and two, the calorie thing. But uh -huh. as you were saying there is, yeah, they're not having the right nutrition. And they're, they're how many, I've had it before, people say, oh, that can't be true because, you know, some like professional athletes do it. And I'm like, professional athletes are some of the unhealthiest people on the planet. They get through because they're genetically superior and they've got willpower that like you wouldn't believe, but eventually they break down. And they'll, they'll, they'll play and they'll train through things that most people wouldn't because they've got that in, in their yeah. locker. But they are super unhealthy. I've, yeah. I've been in professional setups. I've seen what, you know, these were, I was, when I was 23, I was uh, Canterbury in, in New Zealand in the same environment as, as the Crusaders. And the things that they're eating, you know, these are luminous drinks, uh -huh. um, you know, caffeinated beverages, the protein powders that are just full <laughs> of, you know, um, the artificial flavors, artificial dyes. Um, it's like whey protein isolate, which is hugely toxic and acidic. Can Having you say that things, again? Yeah, hugely <laughs> the toxic. The amount of people yeah, that yeah, I yeah. know that are taking it. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's just, and, and because what they're doing, these things are like health and fitness. Health and fitness are almost like dichotomies, right? That was completely opposite because the fitness industry is giving people all this stuff to get performance now or to increase your performance now. But what people don't understand is a healthy body will always outperform an unhealthy body. Yeah. So when you're taking all these caffeinated beverages and all these things to get energy, all that tells me is if you need caffeine to have energy, it just tells me that you're very, very devoid of, of minerals. You need to be remineralized. Yeah. Um, like you uh, told me, like vulvic minerals in your yeah. water and things like that. Like just for people that ask, like what type of stuff would you say for a lot of athletes? They, they're like they're almost like top go-tos if they yeah. are training hard like yeah I mean yeah, min minerals like vulvic minerals are, is, is definitely one you need your body is like especially with the, with the way the soil is today initial eating exclusively from organic um, organic food or biodynamic food you know the soil has been stripped of nutrients so you need them as well vulvic, vulvic minerals is one you know a good always like a good greens or berries drink Organifi do some really good ones so you're you're getting a a mixture of so many different vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, etc. Uh, concentrated nutrients. Um, then, I mean, depending on good protein it, powder. Yeah, like a good protein powder. Yeah, we've got one coming out, especially especially that uh, protein. But it has to be for most protein powders on the market. I said as is coming out very soon. Most protein powders on the market are just no more than no better than a McDonald's milkshake. They are just garbage. And they're full of things that are highly inflammatory, toxic to the body, gonna acidify you, gonna literally strip nutrients out of your body. Um, and so one we're bringing out is just, you know, it's just whey protein concentrate. It's as pure as anything from biodynamic farm, where the, the animals are allowed to roam free. Um, it's small batch produced, like the soil was rich as anything. So what you're getting, you know, there, it's not just for recovery, but it also allows your body to detoxify. It's like, got huge amounts of the precursor to glutathione, which you know, allows your body to, to, to take out anything that shouldn't be there. And this is one of the things I would say to that athletes, it's about, you know, getting your body the right nutrients. 
um, so it can, first of all, clean, because if your body's inflamed or if it's toxic, it's not going to perform well, but also nourish it. And there's so many people out there. This is the other thing I was going to say for them as well. Saturated fats are so important for like your hormonal profile, for detoxifying the body, for even strengthening your muscles, your tendons, your ligaments, your, your, your nerves. So um, things like raw milk, raw butter, raw milk, avocado. Raw, butter, raw, raw cream, avocado, um, you know, and then egg yolks, phenomenal. Like people thinking like egg whites. Egg whites are the most allergenic part of the egg. You know, you actually want to have the egg yolks if you can, if you can tolerate them, um, have that. Uh, and so, yeah, there's, there's so many things. Liquid, liquid whey is fantastic as well. But there's so many things that they can have to nourish the body because so many of them are thinking, oh, I've, I've trained this much, I need to have this, or I can only have this many calories as well when I get into it. And, it. and for people like yourself, you know, training hard, and they're, un, they're under-fueling themselves. Yeah. And they're wondering why, you know, they're, they're not healing properly, they can't train right, they're not thinking correctly, they're getting injuries. Or they're kind of going on my fitness pal and they're saying, okay, well, you know, I need 2,300 calories. So they go, oh, I can't really stretch to that. Okay, but what they then start to do is they then start to make that up with shit food, mm. <laughs> basically. So they basically then start having stuff that their body's not even going to use. Mm. Like you said, it's going to inflame them. They're going, oh, okay, well, that's really high in calories, so I'll just have that. But they're not actually paying attention to where the calories are necessarily coming from. Mm. Well, calories aren't nutrition, right? And so, so how do you get to a calorie? You know, it's just like they just used a machine to see how much energy it took to burn a food, for example, right? So that's like how many calories are in that food. Um, but that doesn't tell you anything about the nutritional profile, how, how much quality is in that food. You know, I always say to people, if you think that the body processes 500 calories from a packet of Haribo the same way it does 500 calories from a sweet potato or from, you know, grass-fed steak, then you're massively mistaken. Yep. You know, that Haribo full of... I mean, it's just it's, it's chemical nonsense. It's franken food compared to food the body can actually process, use, and all your... You know, your brain, your ligaments, your tendons, your organs, your eyes, your hair, it's all made from things that you're consuming throughout your life. And so you keep on putting garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. And if you're training as well, so it's not just the calories. So you, 55% of calories used are used just to move from food from mouth to anus, so move it through your entron. So, so people need to understand, like, when they're not having high quality food or they're just making up with garbage calories you're actually just basically well first of all if you're having food that's dead and it ends up deficient like most of the food out there like your cereal bars cereals most packaged foods you know you're actually taking life force out of your body to even turn that into energy yeah. so your body's having to use its chi to do that and then it's going to be causing issues with your gut you're probably not digesting it properly gas wind pain bloating maybe you're getting stomach cramps maybe you're getting diarrhea or constipation and so it's, it's like, it's so simple. Go back to Mother Nature, eat what Mother Nature gave, gave, gave us. Um, it's funny because you see athletes taking all these things and they look so inflamed a lot of the time. Yeah. Or some of them, they like fit, sick people. A lot have gut look, issues. Yeah. A lot of them have Some of them might issues. even look good. We call them fit, sick people. They look fit, but they're literally about 10 seconds away from having a breakdown, like yeah. mentally, emotionally, physically or they're always injured. Yeah, I had a crazy quick conversation with a, a lady on the phone, I won't mention any names or anything, but she was saying that the last high rock she did, like she popped a load of Imodium before she raced because she was having gut issues. <laughs> so I'll take Imodium just to save something happening in the event. And I think actually listening to what you're saying, I genuinely think that, would you actually say that athletes are probably some of the more unhealthy mm. people on the planet? 
regarding actual health because no, I, one they're depleting I, I know but I've been there it's mad what it's... you said there I used to take diclofenic before I played because I was so inflamed diclofenic is horrific anti-inflammatory that destroys your gut I took it for like a, basically a full on year because I because my I was so inflamed in my body from my knee and my Achilles and that lady taking that like you're taking Imodium it's like you're literally trying to stop your body's natural process if you're, if you're getting diarrhea yeah. your body's telling you it doesn't want something in it it's trying to evacuate um, and so they're not just like some of the most, they're actually some of the most unhealthy people, but I get this, well, I talk about things on, sometimes about like cancer, for example, I say yeah. you haven't, you, know, you, you you're not sick because you have cancer, you have cancer because you're sick, and then people say, well, my friend got cancer, you know, he's an athlete, you know, he's one of the healthiest people, I'm like, what else was he doing? You say he's healthy, what, because he ran triathlete, or because he was in this, this, athletic profession, whatever it be, a football player. It's like, what else was he doing? What was what were the water he was drinking like? What water the was, he was he spraying before the every game? Was he putting more. perfumes on him? Um, you know, what was he washing his clothes in? There's a million things that I could, can go into that are you know, to, talk about performance. And you know, most of the, your athletes as well were probably putting on moisturisers that are full of SLSs and parabands yep. and endocrine disrupting um, chemicals and cancer and chemicals that are affecting them as well. So yeah, I mean, you tra you transform my life in the sense of even things like if we talked about like EMF, like mm. I'm now obsessed with that. Like I walk into a high rocks and I'll be like, okay, there's now four thousand phones in this arena, mm. and we're all trying to compete the best we possibly can with all of that going on. Mm. And and uh, New York was actually the first, you know, call it call it coincidence, but mm. New York was the first time I'd ever been in a five G environment. Mm. If we want to go that way, and we're walking around the city, and I kept saying to Bella, I was like something's not quite right mm. since I've landed here. Like I feel a bit like my, my, my head's muzzy. I feel a bit weird. And I even had like the memonizer on and everything that, you know, helps to sort of harmonize. But, and then lo and behold, you know, the day I got home after five days, I was really poorly for like, you know, really run down, just felt shit for like a week. You know, and like you said, you know, you've flown there in a tin can. <laughs> you've flown back in a tin can. You've probably, been around you're probably five probably stressed days. about the racing as well. Probably stressed about yeah. performing because people understand that, like, in the back of your mind, like, people are living in the future rather than living in the now. They're not like, so worrying true. about what's going on. Yeah. So your adrenaline's off. Like, you're probably producing adrenaline. You're worrying. Your cortisol's up. You know, you're, you're not, like, able to even probably be present. And so yeah. and when you're finally off, you're like, oh, my God. It happens to a lot of people when they finally quit. They've been in a high-powered job for a long time, 10 years, living on adrenaline, and they finally stop, or oh, they get massively ill. Yeah. Because they've been in the yang for so long that when they finally calm down, their body goes, oh, well, now we can, you know, now we're going to have to get rid of all the stuff that you've been dealing with, yeah. and they get ill. And so when it comes to 5G, you know, you probably might have people listening to this, not my audience, but maybe your audience, you know, <laughs> so, oh, it's all nonsense, you know, 5G is fine. It's like, okay, well, tobacco science, that is fine. It's all the people telling you it's fine are the ones that are producing it. Also, um, you know, just because you can't measure it, you don't you think because you can't see it, you don't think it's affecting you. Yeah. Um, I always say to people with that, it's like, okay, well, do you believe in love? Yeah. Okay, well, measure it. <laughs> you know, tell me how do you how do you measure love? And it's these these electromagnetic frequencies. You know, one of the great books out there on this is um, EMF'd um, by Dr. McCullough, and also there's a non-tin foil guide. I can't remember who wrote it, but it's a very good book on it. And they talk about. Um, McCullough actually once asked Ben, Green, ben Greenfield, like, how much EMF do you think we're being exposed to now more than we were uh, 100 years ago? And Ben Greenfield, who's, a, who's a, like a, his own podcast and stuff, he's big in the, in the health world, said, I don't know, what, about 200, 300%? He's like, no, higher. 
He's like, what, 500%? He's like, <laughs> 10 with 18 zeros behind it, oh my percent. God. That's how much we're getting, right? So people don't understand, and, and it's not something that happens, you can, you can, sometimes if you're not around it, you can walk into an environment and be like, oh my God, this isn't right. But, some, but most people, are, they're so out of tune with their body, they won't even notice it. And it's not something that affects you. Some people, it will, some people, I know I had a client who couldn't even be in her city anymore. She had to go and live on the beach because she had to come away. And since she moved out of it, she felt better. But a lot of people, this stuff just pulls you apart. Day after day. I mean, you, know, you go to the doctors because you don't feel quite right. Yeah. And then they, oh, well, there must be something wrong. Let's well, you take add medication. To the water, to all the things people are doing. Like, and they're pushing too hard. So the body's never actually getting time to fully heal or rest or recover. Yeah. It's under all, all this um, stress that it's not even doesn't even know. So, and I was really on the fence about it when we first ever, ever yeah. spoke back then. And, you know, I've, I now don't sleep with the Wi-Fi on. We turn our router off at night. We're, we're quite lucky in the sense we live in a bit of a dip here that doesn't quite get full kind of mobile mm-hmm. um, signal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've even contemplated it to the point of me saying if, you know, 5G starts coming around here, like mm-hmm. I'd love to move yeah. away from it because... I've noticed such a difference. Like I was very much like, I'll trial this before I believe it. Like yeah, yeah. I very much was like, okay, I'm going to start turning the Wi-Fi off. So I'm going to get cut my half exposure every day. Right. Yeah. Um, I can't do my, believe it or not, my, my Wi-Fi route is in the office. Right. And I can't physically do my calls and my work in the office because by three o'clock I need to go and lay down. Like I feel ill. Mm. Right. And I'm like, this isn't an ill that I've trained too hard. This isn't an ill that I haven't eaten all day. This is an ill where I feel like everything has just been zapped out of my body. Um, you know, so it is, you know, like, like you said, a lot of viewers might think you're crazy for talking about it. But I think, you know, and I think until you experience that, I don't think, you know, now when I go into cities, I'm like, it's something that doesn't quite feel right. Yeah. Like my head, I feel like someone's pushing my head down. Like, yeah, I was know. in, I did in Dubai. I just felt, I felt nauseous for two weeks. I was just like, I just don't want a bit, the air pollution there is terrible anyway, but the, the, it's a 5G city. And I was like, I just need to get out. As soon as I got out, I felt so much better. And I've interviewed Dr. Deborah Davis on this. She's a world leading authority on this, you know, and she talks about, you know, you can go on your, your phone, it even says like how that shouldn't be close to you. Your phone shouldn't be close to you, and let alone what's going on, on in, the, um, in the air around you. But all you can do is try and mitigate it as much as possible. So if you're turning your wife off at night, that's eight to nine hours, you're not being exposed to it. But what the, the other research of it as well, if you're an athlete, you know, having the wife on at night, they've, they've shown that it doesn't allow your body to detoxify. So what happens is you've got your lymphatic system and your glymphatic system. So your lymphatic is how your body gets rid of all toxins, how it processes it. That's why a lot of people that they're not sedentary, they start to get even ill because their body's not moving waste out, you know. Four ways to get rid of waste as a man, five as a woman, breath, sweat, urine, and stool, and then menstrual cycle. Um, but the other thing is your, your glymphatic system, how your brain detoxifies. And having Wi-Fi at night stops your brain from detoxifying. So your people are getting a much build, build up of heavy metals in their brain. It's one of the reasons talking about how Alzheimer's and dementia are actually through the roof as well, because people's brains aren't being able to detoxify. Add to that, all the other things that are going on, like, like your phone. Yeah, putting your phone next to your ear is one of the worst <laughs> things you can do, yeah. And so I always say, like, get your phone out of your pocket if you're a man or anywhere near your breast if a woman, have it on aeroplane mode as much as you can. Um, I always hold mine in my hand on aeroplane mode. I don't put it anywhere near me um, like that. But that's just one thing. But these are the things, like, people are not even thinking about. Yeah. And they're affecting them. So if you're being drained because you're not eating correct food, you know, you're not getting enough water, you're not getting enough sleep, putting chemicals on your hair and over your body, moisturizers, shampoos, all these things. Um, then, you know, you're being bombarded with EMF. Um, you're washing your clothes in chemicals. You're washing your, your bed sheets in chemicals. You're sleeping in them all, every day. You're then super stressed with work. Your relationship's not good. 
you know. And then, then you're train on top of that. You're pushing yourself <laughs> to the limit and then you're wondering, why am I not feeling good? Or I'm not getting the results. It's like, well, because you're living outside of the laws of Mother Nature. And when you start to get back into them, you know, it's like, you know, are you even giving your, your, yourself time for introspection? So the one thing, I want to get onto what you've been doing as well with, with this, this somatic work, but the, it's all about the four doctors, um, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement and Dr. Happy. And a lot of people in your course, they'd be great at Dr. Movement. You know, they do a lot of exercise, etc. maybe too much. We always say, if you're doing too much, do less. If you're not doing enough, do more. Then we talk about, you know, Dr. Diet. They might be thinking they're eating healthy, but are they really? You know, how much of your food is organic? How much of it is, is free of wheat, gluten, caffeine, soy? You know, and on that things. subject, really quick, so I don't want you to right. lose yourself, but, you know, people will always argue and back back, well, how do I afford organic, right? And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest questions that I get asked. But, like, when I say to my athletes, okay, well, try as much as you can yeah, to eat organic, right? Can, yeah. But people are happy, they'll happily buy more and more race tickets. They'll happily travel to do a high rocks race. They'll mm. happily go out with friends at Christmas and spend... 200 quid on a meal out. They buy Hagen right? Dice. There's that, there's or that they balance. Buy or they buy cereal. You take all the crap out of your, your, your trolley, all of a sudden you've got 50 pounds <laughs> to spend. Yeah. And also, you know, I'd rather you eat less and um, have higher quality. So you eat two quality meals a day. Um, you know, I only eat twice a day, I have a smoothie. I like to eat light during the day and then I have my meal in the evening. Um, but organic food is, it satiates you, studies have shown it satiates you up to 30 to 40% longer, so you need less of it. It's higher quality, your body actually recognises it. So it's like, oh, I don't need to eat anymore. The leptin starts being produced. One of the things they do in McDonald's is they spray their buns with high fructose corn syrup, so it switches off the leptin in your brain, so you don't know when you're full. <laughs> right, so, so you've got doctor movement, doctor diet, and then you've got the other two. Doctor quiet, okay, introspection. Are you getting enough time for introspection? When was the last time you just went for a walk for an hour without a phone? When was the last time you just sat and pondered your thoughts? Probably never. Yeah. Being distracted by a YouTube video, or you know, you're listening to a podcast, or you're ringing someone up, or you're watching TV. Really, really important. It's a yin practice. And Dr. Happy, you know, when was the last time you did stuff that made you happy genuinely? Yeah. Without feeling guilt, right? Well, you ask some people, they don't even know what makes them happy. Yeah. They're, they're lost. Yeah, without feeling guilt. But for example, for me, and maybe you, I can go to the gym, listen to a podcast and lift weights. That makes me genuinely happy, right? Yeah. Um, going out with friends, socialising, um, whatever, playing sport, that makes me happy. But Or like, um, for example, spending time with loved ones, watching a film, you know, things that I enjoy. A lot of people don't have that. Or, they, or, they, or, they, or they're in a state where they, they get up every day and they hate their life. Yeah. That's a big part, you know. So... When you look at those, Dr. Diet, Dr. Quiet, Dr. Movement, and Dr. Happy, where you're off, where are you off? Because they're like four different spokes of a wheel. If one of them's off, the wheel crumples. And so that's one of the things I'd, I'd be using with your athletes, you know, yeah. if you start bringing it in, because it's important for them to understand, like, this is just one aspect. Your performance and your training is just one aspect of that wheel. And so if the other things are out, it's going to affect your performance. So it's like, why would you neglect them? Because by not neglecting them, your performance is going to increase. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, I've, I've been in that place as well in the sense of, um, you know, those four, four doctors. And, you know, for a long time, I used to be in this spin of, I'm performing well, but I know there's more. Mm. But how do I do that? Well, you know, my go-to was to train harder. It wasn't actually to look at all the underneath layers that kind of, it's like foundations of a house, you know, and I'm trying to put more bricks on, but, like, the foundations are, like, crumbling underneath me every yeah. single time I try and reach that next level. So... 
it's important for athletes to understand, I think, and that it's going to be completely eye-opening, hopefully, when they, when they watch this to, to mm. see, you know, there needs to be more people with the amount of knowledge that you have putting that into the athletic world because yeah. there isn't people, there's coaches that are telling people how to train, there's dietitians telling people sort of how to eat, but they're saying, you know, it's fine to have bread and things like that, mm. you know, and all those stodgy kind of, you know, inflammatory carbs and stuff, but... I think there's there's an area missing in the athletic world where it's like actually no like you're missing all of these foundations for you to get to the next level. We're concentrating on the person, not just performance. It's yeah. The same as disease. When I deal with a disease, I'm not dealing with the disease. I'm dealing with the person who has a disease. No, we're not looking to fight disease. We're looking to create health. And it's the same way with uh, an athlete. The healthier you get, you the better you're going to perform. And it's the same as anything. Well, whether it be a business person, an athlete, stay-at-home mum, doesn't matter. If you get them healthier, they're going to enjoy their life better, they can perform better, they're going to be a better person, a better mother, a better father, a better brother, a better sister, whatever it is. And so, you know, once you start to understand yourself more and, and do the work and you start to get away from the distractions and actually, you know, focus on what's important to you. It, it, like the performance will go through the roof. And, I mean, you, you've even dived into this stuff with yourself, right, with, you said, like, things that you've been probably pushing pushing away for some time because it can be hard stuff. You think things have had people, things, things, people get stuff in their past, you know, that they won't speak about, they'll hide from, because it's painful, right? Yeah. But so often, things Carl Jung said this, you know, what you need is in the place you least want to look. And so I think you've found that, right? You've been doing some work with some somatic... Really deep yeah. work, yeah. I mean, I've just started some, like, somatic trauma release work. You know, I've tried therapy. I've mm. tried talking and all these different things. But everything that I was feeling was in my head, but it was very much in my body as well, right? Mm. And, and so the, the body-head disconnect. There was such a disconnect. It was literally almost... And dealt with throat issues as well. Dealt with a lot of, like... Like, now I know trauma held, like, in my neck... Um, used to struggle a lot as well with the right hand side of my hip and sort of when I would have like my menstrual cycle I would only ever experience like period pains on one side um and now doing the work I've done masculine side very much like my masculine side on that side um but also a lot of trauma of like not speaking my truth from inner child work that I've done as well you know I've held a lot in I've bit my tongue at times in in my life growing up as well you know I was always very protector and I was, I was almost, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to talk about this stuff, but as an only child growing up in quite a chaotic environment, um, whereby, you know, there was a lot of chaos, there was a lot of anger, there was a lot of, um, you know, real kind of dysfunction, which I think a lot of people experience growing oh, yeah. up, you know, there's a lot of dysfunctional patterns of behavior. Um, and there was a lot of times when I would step into protection role of my mum. So... For me, it was like, okay, well, I've now learned that actually I need to protect and I need to be this probably masculine energy that wasn't showing up for her in mm -hmm. other areas of our family life. And so for me, that kind of carried on through life. You know, even though mum didn't need my protection anymore, it carried on and I wasn't protecting inner jade. I was protecting my... I was almost becoming parent to, mm -hmm. to two parents, mm -hmm. right? So I, I kind of... Yeah, that work that I've now been doing is un unraveling all of that stuff because th those things have been very much held in my body and mm -hmm. that's led me to push and push and push and, you know, kind of, you know, confusion of probably energies as well and things like that that has, you know, led me to really some quite dark places, I'd say, in my 20s. Um, 
obviously with my sexuality as well, there was a lot of disgust around that when I was younger, um, which made me very much withdraw mm -hmm. and go inside myself. I felt like I couldn't speak my truth. I felt like, um, you know, I actually had some sort of sexual encounters with, with men because I felt that was just the right thing to do. Um, and that's a lot of the work I'm now going into because the trauma is held a lot in, in my pelvis. Mm -hmm. And there's, I actually, when I was doing the work, felt quite nauseous as well of the reconnection with my feminine energy because that masculine energy light was, it needs to be there because I need to block that out, yeah, yeah. right? So, yeah, I've gone quite deep there, but that no, stuff no, is... it's really important. You know, it's like for people out there to understand how all energy and the body, first, first of all, the body summates stress, but the specific organs and parts of the body that hold certain things. For example, you were saying like, what's going on in your head and what's going on in your body were disconnected and it's no, obviously not speaking your truth, but also the neck is what connects the head and the body. So a lot of people get neck issues or throat issues because what the body, uh, what the head's saying, what the body wants are not lining up. So for example, people can have beliefs about stuff, um, but they won't speak them through fear of, you know, l losing friends or family or a job. And so they'll get issues in their body. And sorry, they get issues in their neck because their body is telling them, or their heart is telling them one thing, they can't say them one thing. But the head's saying you can't do it, so you have issues here. And yeah. uh, when you look at this in Chinese medicine, you'll also see that every organ pertains to that, I said before, like grief, like liver holds anger, resentment, gut, grief, you know, kidneys as well, you can get kidneys, if you're overworking, pushing too hard, there's lots of stuff there. And, but around that sexuality as well, if you, know, you feel something internally, but you can't outwardly express that, or you feel disgust, you know, that's going to impact you massively because you're never going to be expressing your true self. Yeah. You'll be expressing what you think the world wants to see, yeah. but your soul and your energy, your spirit is being suppressed. Yeah. And we've talked about this a little bit before, but I feel like you felt like that for a while, right? You feel like you've been hiding who you are. And yeah, I think it goes back to that thing that we were talking about right at the beginning um, with regards to like identity. You know, I think that when people do, and there is a lot of people in life and in sport and, you know, things like that, that, you know, as they go through life, I think um, Meatball Molly as well, I was chatting with um, a UFC fighter, Meatball Molly, and, you know, she's released a, a little kid's book for them to go through. And it's uh, it literally plays out Molly's life of, you know, Molly felt things for girls at a young age. And, you know, it helps, you know, kids to actually understand as as they're kind of coming up, you know, with these confusions and things like that that sometimes we can experience. And I don't think society helps a lot. You know, I think they pump this stuff out about, you know, transgender and these things that, you know, come up, you know, they can be really influential for kids. And I think that, you know, sometimes we're not actually allowed to find our true self. I think things are kind of put in front of us. Oh, are you, are you that way? Are you, are you, you know, and I think, um, you know, going back there was not really a lot of that when I was growing up and mm. you know I, I did experience things when I was you know five six years old and stuff like that that you know made me sort of question um, am I normal is this is this something I feel is it not but you know from that point on I think there's been a lot of kind of identity shifts within me but a lot of them have very much been masked you know so you know I'm Jade the footballer I'm Jade the boot camp owner I'm Jade the athlete like but going back to what we said at the beginning like who is Jade and I think, you know, going through those experiences where I was maybe made to feel like those things from the, the closest people to me weren't right. And I, you know, my mum sat me down in front of a doctor and said, like, tell her there's something wrong with her, you know. And I, 
at, at 50, 14 years old, 15 years old, you start to then think, God, like, is there something wrong with me? And then from that point onwards, my mum and mine relationship broke down for a couple of years. It wasn't the best. I, I got a scholarship out to America and felt this is my escape route. So I was going out there with good intentions, but also maybe probably not great intentions. Um, and thought it was a good way to run away and just be as best as I can. But then my whole health issues began at that point, which is quite interesting. You know, mm. all of my kind of real, I ended up with sepsis and glandular fever and all sorts of stuff. But um, it was around about that time that I was like, yeah, like I'm going to have to mask this. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to live the way I want to live, but it's going to have to be kept very private. It's going to have to be kept in. Like I'm going to have to swallow this rather than letting it out. So, yeah, I, I would say that a lot of my life was quite private and I tried to hide a lot in secret through my teenage years and my early 20s and I've tried to ever since naturally find identity in other things you know sometimes even now like I don't put a lot up on social media just through choice but about my life and my home life and my partner and me and you know our fur babies and stuff like that because I think there's still that 10% of me that's still like it's still trauma from when I you know was made to feel a certain way you know for for how I was feeling so question (laughs) Who is Jade? It's still quite hard to explain. It's still quite hard. I'm I'm working through that now. I'm Mm -hmm. working through that now. But yeah, I'm a person. And I think, you know, I can be seen as very robotic. And, you know, I get messages, you know, you're always on the go. You're always doing this. Like how, you know, how do you balance everything? And I think it's been, it has been difficult. I think taking the mask off, like it's, it's been a really challenging time to gain success and achieve the things I want to achieve with not probably speaking my truth for a long, long period of time. Um, And yeah, like Jade's a person, I'm a vulnerable person. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been closed off to love for a long period of time because I didn't feel like I was worthy of love. So I would always give, but I wouldn't allow myself to, to receive love. Um, and yeah, and so there are times that, you know, sometimes I don't feel like training. I don't want to compete. You know, there's going to be those times that I feel that way. And I'm sure I'm speaking on behalf of a lot of athletes that probably feel the same. But there's this kind of face value that you've you've got to stand up there. You've got to do what you do. You're programmed. Like it's been my program for such a long period of time that, you know, Jade athlete isn't Jade Jade. Like, I'm not the person at home that I am when I go out and meet clients. I'm not the person I am here at home when I'm out training or when I'm competing or all of these different things, you know. So for me, you know, like like anybody, people probably are quite shocked. But, you know, I've been to some really, like, dark places. Um, and I've been to some places where, you know, I don't necessarily feel worthy. I don't know if this is the right journey for me. Am I in the right place that I should be right now in life? You know, and there's been constant distractions that I've put in the way for such a long period of time that I got to a place where my partner literally said to me, if if you do not seek an element of help right now, you know, this this isn't going to be a good place for you, you know, and... I wasn't liking the person I was becoming. I was becoming angry. I was becoming, training wasn't getting rid of my anger anymore. You know, it would still bubble. I'd get back from a training session and still feel the internal, like, you know, bubbling inside of me. So what was that? 
I think working back now, it was um, it was probably a lot of anger towards my parents' situation, anger towards my my father, anger towards how he had an element of abandonment, um, probably a lot of abandonment issues that I've experienced since since the divorce. Um, and it was very suppressed from when I was through my 20s. It was really, really suppressed. Like if anyone said to me, you know, how do you cope now your dad doesn't speak to you or, you know, your parents split up, I'd be like, oh, fine, like I'm cool. Like it's, it is what it is. But it's not until you get through into an, a new part of your life, a new chapter, and maybe doing a little bit more internal work that you start to realise, no, actually, you know, there is a lot of trauma held inside of me from seeing a lot of, you know, violence and I've seen, you know, how, you know, essentially how people can act. And I think that, you know, I didn't ever want to become that person. That's why I've never really drunk alcohol because I've seen what it can sometimes do. Um, but there's, there, there was all sorts of things inside of me, like guilt that I can't help, help him. There's anger because of this is how you treated my mum for such a long period of time. And I felt helpless in those situations, how... Then there was an element of push to anger towards my mum because like, how dare you put me in that situation for all those years and not protect me. Um, and so when that bubbles, when you get older and those things stew and you think that you're past all of that and you, th you actually think it's normal. I think that actually I've met people in life now through, you know, growth where they've said, no, like that's not normal behaviour that you, you experienced when you were younger. Like that's, it was very normalised for me as a child. Um, and so when I've, you know, I went through angry stages in my twenties, I went through areas where I was like, God, like, you know, I threw a vase off the table or I'll, you know, in rage, I'll go put my foot down the accelerator while I'm having an argument. Like, and I used to see little flashes of that in my twenties. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. Mm. And that stuff I saw that was quite normalized. Um, and I think, you know, you are probably genetically exposed to maybe some things that your parents have inside of them but I also think you have choices um and so for me it was like if I'm going to become the best version of me like I need to literally just strip back all of this distraction right now and deal with the things that create disharmony in my life mm. it's interesting you said that as well because I think obviously your environment right it, it's hugely important so you have things <clears throat> say lifestyle so your genes go the gun but your lifestyle always pulls the trigger excuse me <clears throat> and so if you're in that environment where you don't feel safe and you know you want to be heard that's what you're acting out like but also you feel like you need to protect your mum you feel like you need to be that masculine figure you know and so that's the masculine energy you've been in and then you can feel like I didn't want to have to do this but I had to and so you played that role for so long you don't know how to stop Absolutely. And in business as well. Yeah. You know, I had to... What's one of the things, yeah. I felt I had to financially stand on my own two feet. Mm -hmm. Like, Dad was kind of always there, mm -hmm. um, you know, to sort of, like, support me financially as I was growing up and things like that. So once that's gone and that safety net... And my mum actually experienced a very similar... My mum actually experiences a very similar fear around loss of finances and, you know, all of these different things. And that, for me, yeah, like, that, that masculine energy, that... I've got to be a provider, I've got to earn lots of money, I've got to, you know, be this person. I think the frame of what social media is, is sometimes really difficult because it's a window into a 10% of your world mm. and a 10% of your life. And the stuff, people don't actually realise 
what sometimes you've been, I always say that saying, like walk a day in my shoes and then have a comment or an opinion on mm. how I live my life or what I do or the decisions I make. And I think that's something I've learned giving back out is I'm, I'm actually a person who's really, really open to new friendships and new relationships because I'm very much like, well, I'm never going to ever judge you at face value because I haven't walked in your shoes. I don't know what you've been through. So for me, it's, you know, I think this is maybe why as a coach, I'm, I'm so kind of understanding and I like to help people on that level of things, the emotional level of what, what they've maybe been through and what's driven them to be the person they are today, as well as this is the training session you need to do. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff to me is like 15% of their growth. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, like it's, 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 it's an exciting time for me right now. Like I feel excited about it. Whereas before I would be petrified about it. Mm. Um, and I've, you know, like I said, I've had, I've started that journey now and I've done a lot of somatic breath work and embodiment practice as well. And I feel completely different even in the short time that I've done it. So I'm excited to see, you know, what it, what it unravels, but equally it's actually nice to sit here and be quite open and vulnerable as well. Cause That's I am a vulnerable person yeah. and I think everybody has an element of vulnerability, but you've got to be around people that you trust. You've got to be pe around people that support you. And you know, as I've got older, my circle, my circle has gone like that for sure. You know, because people do drop off as you grow. So people are not on the same journey and it's very really hard if you're very into like self-development, self-growth, looking to different areas and people are staying at the 3D level and you're, going through you know and growing I was just talking to you about if I talk to people about some of the stuff I learn they'd be like this guy's a fruitcake <laughs> but it's just because we get to the levels where you know that stuff you know I said before I've had I found it hard I was talking to you about chakras earlier mm. about how you know chakras one to three are me four is um four is um three one to three is uh, me four is us and then um five seven at all and i've had issues in my chakras one and two before letting letting go of people because even though they're not on my journey anymore our soul contract has ended i've felt like i've given so much to them why would they slight me but because i'm talking about things that they just like they just will never be on that wavelength they're just they're not on that frequency anymore yeah. and it's something that you know it's exciting when you actually feel like i'm doing this work i'm going to be growing rather than trying to push it away it is exciting it's just it's just having that being really conscious about doing it as well because it's very easy to go back into old programs even doing the work you know it's much easier to go oh, I can just go for a run or I can yeah. just go and do whatever but if you're actually going to sit there and be like well you know I'm going to do this meditation or for example as well you mentioned there a lot of stuff whenever we're doing things that are outcome based a lot of us today we've always do things outcome based it's a fire it's a masculine again right i'm putting this content out so i can give my my audience more content you know so you know i can maybe get some more programs or whatever it is you know because we're in business it is what it is but i want to affect more people's lives you know i'm going doing this training so i can get better at my task you know i'm gonna i don't know speak to this person because it might drive my business in this way so like, how many things do you do that are not outcome based right and this is something I have to do, a bit more of my yin. So how many things do you do in your day-to-day -day where I just like, maybe it's watching a film that you don't really care about, or maybe it's just doing some colouring in, yeah. or, ma or to mandalas, or maybe it's just going for a walk to nowhere, you know? So these are like the yin practices, something I'm doing, or just taking a bath and just, you know, not thinking about anything. 
Right. Have you got any practices that you've built into your day-to-day yet? That you just so meditation. More? So yeah. I've been doing a lot of like Joe Dispenser's work. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, int- introduced by a good friend of ours, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. he has kind of led me in the direction and we, we did a, a practice after a training session um, and I was like, whoa, like this stuff's really, really powerful. So it's mm-hmm. not just breath work, it's actually like the music, the beat mm-hmm. of the vibration yeah. and it really does impact me quite a lot. Um, but my evening routines are like, I, I absolutely love to have a bath, phone away, lavender, Epsom salts in the nice. bath and just kind of steam it out. Um, but yeah, like those kind of practices, I've just ordered an infrared sauna as well. Um, which will be like a non-distraction place, you know, for me. Um, ice baths, mm-hmm. so like cold, um, and this is all kind of like the stuff that's like, oh yeah, that again. But you know, it is impactful. And, oh, that's hugely you know. important. But well, that's very good for health benefits as well. But the sauna and the ice bath could be to increase your performance. Yeah, but outcome based. Outcome based. So the sauna might not be. It might just be somewhere you can go and chill. But these are things that like. Um, I'm sure you'll do, do the work with, with your coach as well, but these are things like allow you to get more into your feminine because masculine is very much logical. What we're doing this for, we're doing that for. Yeah. The feminine is more chaos, more emotional. It's just more just like fit into things. Yeah. Which is really I've important. started journaling, so that's another really thing good. as well. So like after I'd had the appointments, like he said to me, you know, start writing down everything that you're experiencing, you're mm-hmm. feeling. You know, I was like I had an appointment on Tuesday and yesterday, for example, you know. I cancelled a couple of appointments that weren't 100% necessary. Mm. Like, I actually put myself first. And, you know, and I actually did that without guilt. I was like, no, like, today needs to be a day where I just chill. I didn't train. Like, normally I'd wake up routinely, 6 a.m., bam, you need to go to the gym. But yesterday I was like, I'm not going to set an alarm. Like, I'm just going to, you know, so I built in a routine that the day after those those sessions I have are just about me go to the, th- the forest for a dog walk and yeah beautiful you know so yeah I, I would say that you know there are a lot of things that are still there's still a lot of work to on the yin side of things but I think that this is really opening up the ability for me to do it it's yeah. not just a case that I need to build this in as a habit this is actually me going okay well I've actually just spent two hours connecting to my feminine energy yeah and now I feel yeah. feminine vulnerable. So now I need to lean into that, you know? Mm. Even like having a cuddle rather than cuddling. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just like those little things that, you know, are really quite powerful to give you that feminine energy. Yeah, huge. I mean, having like my girlfriend Frances in my life, she's such a feminine energy. It's great for me because it, you need the masculine to do the grounding, but sometimes you just need to be around that energy and it's good to give it to yourself. But there's also this thing as well, you said like, because you're doing that, the work on yourself or you know you're 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 doing things because you want to improve you want to get better you don't want to be in these old patterns these self-sabotaging habits or repetitive programs and so one of the the things I was talking about with Warren Williams my coach as well we start talking about the world and and even yourself how you get gratification from either um, outside in or inside out so like outside in is like I'll feel enough when this is the other thing as well in our society is that I feel enough when I get the car, the house, the girlfriend, whatever. And when you get it, it's always fleeting. It lasts for like a second and then you're on to the next thing. Yeah. But like outward um, in, sorry, but in, inward out is I know I'm enough and I'm, I'm perfect, but I can still improve. It's in like I'm fine right now, but I can still improve. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of like the other area, right? It's like rather than striving for to to obviously get by like society's standards of success or to impress people that you don't really even care about <laughs> it's like doing the work on yourself and, and understanding that it's always a, it's always it's all a process and going through those journeys and so 
when you start to do that once again, it's you're giving your soul what it needs rather than your ego. And that's another, another thing. Um, yeah. So and it can get exhausting mm. trying to give your ego what it needs all the time. You know, it can, yeah, like drive you to places. Um, and I think that, you know, you can be in this spin of like constant overload. Mm-hmm. Overwhelm is the biggest thing. Like yeah. I used to suffer really, really bad with Gotta overwhelm. Do this. Do this. Because I would take my to-dos and I would cram them in three days when actually what's wrong with me surrendering to the fact that that could actually take me two two weeks and I'd feel a lot more calm and present yeah, yeah. with it. Um, but there was always this kind of like, I've got to squeeze this and get it done. You know, I actually had a coach that taught me a, a lot at the time. It was terrible experience. But now I look back and think, God, like that's taught me so many lessons. And I had a coach that, again, in America, um, you know, if we were to lose a game, we would be running suicides across the basketball court at like four in the morning to, until we were sick. You know, we were like punished for not performing you mm-hmm. know rather than kind of learning the process of performance mm-hmm. we and I think that probably actually looking back now was was an area for me like you know sometimes my training partner or who I'm training with at the time they'll be like why don't you just stop now like you, you've done your training session why are you now trying to add another bit or why like if I don't get it in and if, if I've got a time cap of 50 minutes and I don't get it done I'm like I need to do the whole thing again and it's all my this program and mm-hmm. this can come down to like even people in general life, one little comment that was made when they were younger, oh, you yeah. know, and, and that just, comment. like their whole life is now centered around who they've become off the back of that comment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a really kind of, you know, that's, that's something that I'm, I've installed really deeply as a coach. Now I, it's funny how I've now become a coach is because actually I've known the, the negative impact of punishment if something wasn't quite right. You know what I mean? So, um, like you said, performance markers and things like that, I think enjoy the process. Like people are obsessed with getting gold or getting to the top as fast as they possibly can. But they're, once they get to that, is Matt Fraser, the, um, the CrossFit champion, mm-hmm. you know, he said that he won the, the CrossFit Games and he got home that night and he was like, I feel no different. Every single person. I feel no different. Johnny Wilkinson's a great one. This is got a good <laughs> podcast called I Am. He talks about it, won the World Cup. And he was like, how long did it last? He said, I don't know, two, two minutes. <laughs> All of them, like they say, like Jim Carrey before, mm. it's like, this is why doing the work on yourself and understanding what actually matters and who you actually are. And who you become in it as well. Yeah, and who you I think become. that's the biggest thing is like, I'm not the person I was when I was 25 and I'm not going to be the person that I'm going to be when I'm 35. It's also a way to outgrow people as well, right? Yeah. Because... You know, you're, you're growing. And that's okay like, as well. Yeah, like of course. You can yeah. let go, yeah, you know, yeah. when people aren't on your, like you said, on your vibration yeah. anymore, I think. And then you come across new people who are on your vibration. Yeah, you let go of some relationships, but you make some phenomenal ones. Like I'm sure like you're, like even us, four years ago, you know, when you're in business as well, because a lot of people, when they just work a nine to five, they can just come home and switch off. They numb themselves with alcohol or poor food or TV. Porn. Yeah, porn. Well, whereas like, <laughs> not me. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, porn's a big, a big one. Like, like, it's another one that's just distracting. Lots of men. It's another one that needs to. Uh, once again, you're paying with your attention. But like, if you're in a business and you realise, like, I think it was Jim Rohn who said, like, success isn't something that you do. It's something you become. So like, your level will always improve as you improve. You know, yeah. paraphrasing. And when you're around people like that, you go to masterminds, you meet people on the way, they're all trying to do things and there's like, you know, success leaves clues and you meet people on the way that you become closer with because you're on that journey, you understand each other. And in business, like performance, it's why you get a bond 
when you go through things with people is because or even two boxers that share the room with each other, they both have respect afterwards because they understand the process of what it's taken to go through. So business people themselves, you know, when you get to a certain level, you're, you meet people, you're like, okay, you're, you respect each other because you understand that it's not, it's never easy, but would it be as fun if it, if it was? And that's the whole point, like the destination, isn't it? You hear it all the time. The journey is all the fun. Yeah. And who you're becoming and, and the things you learn and the people you meet. And that allows you to grow. Because like, if you if I didn't meet certain people, I wouldn't go down certain paths. Yeah. I'm sure that's the same with you. Yeah, and it allows us to then. You said before, like if you look back ten years ago compared to where you are now, how much has life changed? Um, this complete one eighty. Mm. You know, complete flip turn. And I think it's that thing as well. I once got said a piece of advice was once given to me, and it was never really take advice from someone that you wouldn't change places with ever mm. you know and also when you were talking about on a vibration level the people that you respect and who respect you for what you've been through because they've probably been through a similar journey path experience you'll never hear those people saying comments like it's all right for you like right. it'll always be from somebody who has never ever really even put themselves in 50 percent of what you've put yourself into of that discomfort and you know the growth and all of the things that you've had to go through so it's because they a lot of people they will see you and they see the finished article although mm -hmm. what they could perceive as this finished article you on your instagram page like looking the way you do performing you know being jade smiling same with me right they, yeah. i'll say some of the things and, and people you know and i'll, I'll in some of my posts are very often talk about like things that medical industry does that I don't agree with or big pharma and you know I get messages through like basically just telling me that I'm you not, get good, so much. not a good person <laughs> yeah. and that one day I'll need them um, and I hope it's not too late and I'm like it's funny because that's exactly what I say I only do what I do because they almost killed me for five years they almost destroyed me no one knows they see me now they're like oh you don't look like you had any for five years you know i was in a real real bad way of all the health issues i went through um to the point where i couldn't leave the house i was super depressed super ill i, I was in a real bad place i didn't want to be here anymore and you know it was i was saying i say to them like you'll learn the hard way because i did yeah. but a lot of people don't see that because they see you right now so this is why it's really important to talk about this sort of stuff so people can understand you at a deeper level and maybe because they'll be like well jay does you know jay's doing this and i see her doing this and so i should be doing it but when they understand well, actually you know jay's got these things going on as well jay's worked through this jay's taking care of herself better she's she's doing that meditation now she's seeing people to help in other areas of her life that's inspiring because they'll be like oh actually you know this is a whole side of jay i didn't know about yeah and that's i think going to be huge for them yeah and also like you, like when you, you know, you came out of your health issues, you know, it's only you that took yourself halfway across the world to learn from doctors, right? Like no one else did that for you, you know, and you've got yourself to a place of health that not even one, 0.01% of people will ever experience because they're not prepared to take the the action or open their mind to to what's possible. People just, don't, people just don't know. This is one of the things that I like to do. Sometimes like, I'll say things in triggering ways to get a response because it's like... Now I've got your attention. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you're putting your finger right on that person's growth potential and they might not agree, but maybe they'll then, later on, it'll trigger something. They'll oh, look into that. And it's like, I'm not saying this just out of fairy dust. This is things I've experienced, you know, and 
And so, yeah, 100%, it's like when you can say things in a way that provokes, sometimes it's good. So you don't always have to do it. It's only thing that I used to do a lot more. But um, I, I think it's important for them to un- understand, like, yeah, you are, yeah, the, everything in your life, you know, it's extreme ownership as well. It's, it's a result of what you've been through. And sometimes yeah. you're going through that journey to teach you what you need to be taught. Yeah. And as you said before, when your people are getting endometriosis or rare cyst or whatever it is, or men are getting whatever health issues they're getting, you know, it's there, it's a pain teacher. It's there to teach you. And until you listen, stop trying to numb it with medication, ignore it, you know, it's there to teach you. If something's not working, so we have to do things differently. Absolutely. And sometimes, because we're getting through or smuggling through, we ignore it, but you're never reaching the potential you could get to. So I'm really excited to see where you're gonna be in like five years from now doing this stuff, because it's gonna... I think it's gonna open a whole nother channel of helping athletes as well to understand where it takes them if they're acting out of a place of pain and suffering i think so many athletes are acting out of a a pain place trying to seek pleasure and they're they're so used to suffering this is why so many athletes even experience mental health issues when their um when their sport is gone Mm -hmm. because they have they've been so used to suffering and then they put themselves into a place where they know they can suffer. So, okay, well, let's do this to try and get pleasure. And then when that sport is gone, what now? I'm still suffering, but, you know, that's filled a void. But how is that now impacting me? And that's why, you know, you see all footballers, you know, not all, but you see a lot of ex-athletes, ex-alcoholics, their drug addiction, their gambling, because they're constantly trying to find that next thing and they're not... To get that know. high they used to get, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And, and I... Yeah, I just want to thank you because it's been my first real opportunity to be vulnerable, honest and open and I'm a real person. And I think, you know, there's so much out there right now that people are, are a, it's a facade and it's, you know, yes, I'm an athlete. Yes, I train hard. Yes, I listen to my body, but equally I am a person who feels and I'm a person who has, you know, use my masculine energy in a good way because I wouldn't probably be where I am now if I hadn't actually had that you know the the successful business for a decade and in fitness and and everything and then my athletic journey alongside that but I'm kind of excited to kind of almost scale back slightly in mm. order to to move forward like a thingy car what's yeah. it electric what, car what got you here won't get you there yeah so it's now the next stage and it's we'll go through parts of it and so I think you're opening up and talking about this as well will open up even more people to you because Vulnerability is a strength, you know. I talked to you before about the Enneagram. I'm an eight, and eights are like... I'm going to do mine now, yeah, so I'll... Yeah, we do Enneagram, <laughs> but it's like, our thing is like not wanting to be seen as weak or vulnerable, right? Yeah. Uh, and I try and talk about what I've been through before because I want that to come across because I want people to understand that, you know, you, it's everyone goes through this stuff, you know, yeah. even the strongest people you think. Um, so I said so before one of the Johnny Wilkinson's podcast you really listen you'd really like it he comes across as someone who's infallible won World Cups etc he's talked about how he was in changing rooms before the semi-finals on his phone trying to call his coach because he just he didn't know what was he couldn't he couldn't go through it um, and it's like even if someone like that can go through it everyone can go through it no matter what they see so yeah. I think it's uh, going to be great to see your progression and see where you go with it but uh, it's been great to get you on and to talk about it thank you for having me awesome so guys and girls we come to the end of another quality episode and i just love getting this information out to you now if you have been struggling with a health issue or you're just looking to get to the next stage of life and really reach your full potential you can find 
all the information about how you can connect with me or the courses we offer at w.reviveyourself.co. There you'll find the Total Health Revival course, which is a real education in health and healing. It's not only going to teach you how to get better, but also how to stay better. There's another course like it on the market. It's eight modules that cover everything you need in holistic health from not just nutrition, but your mental and emotional health, your environmental health, biological, spiritual health, everything you need to not only create a healthy body, but to maintain that healthy body. And it's like another program on the market. You also got the chronic fatigue solution there, which was my book teaching you all about what the truth is behind three big secrets of health. So you can find that there. And I also link to many of the supplements that I recommend in the shop, different companies, all highly recommended by myself, companies I use. And keep your eyes out for Kaizen, which is coming very soon. That's going to be the best whey protein on the market that can be used for a whole plethora of reasons, whether it's athletic recovery, whether it's as a baby formula, whether it's to increase your energy or to detoxify the body. This is like nothing else on the planet and I can't wait to get that out to you. That will be coming soon. But otherwise, that's it for today, people. Um, if I didn't mention it earlier, you can always email me at ryan at reviveyourself.co if you want to have a chat about any coaching opportunities or any of the programs that we've got. And yep, yeah, I'll speak to you soon. Lots of love. Take care.